Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed. Teaching you to become your own best coach. So let me tell you about what I decided to talk about for today. And I'm going to call it reflexive living. I realized that I really needed to kind of round out my concept of self-coaching and the child reflex. I needed to expand the reflexiveness of our being. And what do I mean by that? Well, I I kind of try to see how much of the past is contained in the person that we are today. It's like the echoes of the past. They just kind of make up who we are. And even though we may not have the recollection or the direct understanding of how that past has influenced us. We are the end result of all those things that have transpired before us and to us. And we call these the imprints. You know, in our brain, the neuroplasticity of our brain is implanted with these thoughts, memories, perceptions, especially in the younger years, those developmental years where things just seem to have more of a Velcro connection to us and to our minds. And these things do cling to us and Velcro-like. They are resistant to change. And, and they are reflexive. And what I mean by reflexive is that they are, they're not unconscious, but they're less than conscious. We're not aware of the reflexes. For example, take optimism, pessimism. You, you may be aware on reflection that you are an optimistic person or that you're a negative person, but typically you react reflexively in certain ways that reflect these values, perceptions. And these reflexes are what we identify with. We, we kind of see ourselves as the person we are. We don't necessarily identify the person we are. We just, this is me. This is who I am. Well, if you if you dig a little deeper, well, who are you? Well, in one sense, well, in some sense, I'd say we're the unwitting victims of the past. Would I go as far as to say we're kind of prisoner of our childhood imprints? That's it's kind of strong. But more and more, I'm beginning to see that these Velcro-like reflexes they really do constitute the general perception we have of who and what we are. So are we prisoners of that past? Well, no, we aren't prisoners because in, in, in trying to enlighten ourselves as to those things that create stress, that create problems, we have the propensity to break those habits. And these are reflexive habits and the reflexive habits of the past, which we'll get into in a second, the reflexive habits of the past are the things that kind of dictate the general course of who and what you are and the feelings that you have toward yourself, the world, and others. 
But by becoming conscious of these things, we put ourselves in a position of choice. Now, I keep saying these are Velcro-like. Oh, yeah, they're resistant. A negative habit, say a habit of insecurity, low self-esteem, uh, self-worth, certainly this is a resistant reflexive habit. And just by recognizing it and saying, I wish I wasn't so insecure, well, that's not going to do much. So these have to be challenged. These reflexes have to be illuminated and challenged. And since the brain has been imprinted with these patterns, these reflexes, we could say that they become the habit loops in our brain that we respond to today. Becoming aware of it is the first step, but then engaging the full consciousness of our mind to dig our heels in and resist and not be a puppet on the strings of the past, but to recognize that, wait a second, I, do I have to go on feeling negative about such and such? Do I have to go on feeling so low about myself? Is that an imperative that I can't escape? And the answer is no, these, these are not uh, written in stone. These are malleable reflexes that if challenged over time consistently can be reshaped now do we do we eliminate do we extinguish these habits maybe not but we can neutralize them and we can replace them with more formidable objective perceptions of who and what we are today take self-worth now you may you may go through life feeling that you're a sham feeling like you know the old imposter syndrome that you just you're just not you know you're fooling everybody you know you're you're not really okay people tend to think you are but you know you're just putting on a show it's not who you are now in order to go from feeling like you're putting on a show to feeling okay about yourself obviously there's there's a distance you have to travel and the way to get there is to keep reminding yourself time and time again that you are allowing an antiquated reflex to make the determination that you're not okay. Whereas you, in the moment, if you could use your objective spotlight and shine it on who and what you really are, devoid of the prejudices of the past, you have a chance to see yourself more clearly. So when you feel not okay, that is a prejudice. That is a subjective judgment that's influenced by your past reflexive habits. So what, what we're talking about today is how to bring yourself into the present, how to bring yourself into the present where you can step out of the entrapment of various reflexes and make some choices so are we prisoners of those childhood imprints well the answer is yes and no the answer is yes that we can be imprisoned if we remain unconscious and opaque to our reflexive influences and the answer is no not when you decide that you want to start seeing yourself 
and the world and those that populate the world around you more objectively. So let's let's take a look at the two concepts. Now, in all my books up until this point, I talk about the child reflex. And the child reflex, by its very nature and, and name, is when we are growing up in those early developmental years. And the influences that we have, because the child is a vulnerable creature, and we depend on our parents or guardians to protect us, to take care of us, but we're we're basically vulnerable. So we develop insecurities. And those insecurities, you know, we, we tend to try to develop compensatory strategies to feel in control. And the most significant one of those strategies is worrying or anticipating. These are the early imprints that have developed ways to try to feel less vulnerable. So the child reflex, which is more or less inhabited by the doubts, the fears, and the negativity of insecurity, the child reflex is very childlike. We become vulnerable. We become susceptible to danger in our minds. And we try to avert danger through various compensatory strategies, one of which is worrying, another might be isolation, another might be avoidance. We try to do that turtle-like thing to protect ourselves from what the child reflex. Now, now here's the important point. See, I'm not talking about you, and we're going to get to who you are. We're talking about the child reflex within you. So if the child reflex within you has determined that your self-worth is minimal at best, what do you say about it? Well, here's where the confusion comes in, because you're not used to seeing yourself devoid of the reflexes of the past. You see yourself and are identified with yourself as wearing the coat of the past, and this is the personality that you've come become identified with. So getting to the you, the unsullied you, that pristine you, requires that the child reflex be understood for what it is. It is a primitive attempt to feel safe. And I guess a kind of neurotic definition is, is that a neurotic person is a person who sees danger in safe places. I mean, it's certainly not neurotic to see danger in dangerous places. But for the neurotic, everything can become quite frightening. The world, the people, life itself, the year 2023. And there are a lot of people, you know, with New Year, with the New Year, people, you know, enter the New Year with a lot of trepidation, letting go of the old, the familiar, the devil you know versus the devil you don't, and venturing into the new. So for a lot of people that are mired with the child reflex, change, things that are new, things that are yet unknown, these create a kind of a stirring, a kind of stress, a kind of fear. You are not creating that fear. It is the reflexive imprint of the child within you. Habits are stubborn things. And they stay with you. And if they are reinforced, they will stay with you throughout a lifetime. So these habits that were laid down as a child, the habits of insecurity, the habits that dictate that you are not safe, 
that you are too vulnerable and that you need to find and create ways to protect yourself, neurotic ways to protect yourself. These are the things that compromise a life. And these are the things that propel you towards those things that are inconsequential in reality, power, status, money. Sure, they, they have relevance. I'm not saying they don't. But if you need these things to feel safe, to feel okay, then you know, you're forever chasing those carrots. A life of chasing carrots. I mean, how happy is that? How content is that? How successful is that if you always need that carrot that you never get to? Because you get to one carrot and then the next one is looming ahead and you must get to that one. So true contentment isn't finding the right carrot. It's realizing that you already have enough carrots. Uh, you just don't realize it. Then the carrots that I'm talking about really are those things in life that matter. And you're not going to see what matters right now as long as there's a, a kind of fog of insecurity that dictates. So where have I departed from my other books, The Child Reflex? To, to really add dimensionality, there's another reflexive pattern from our past that shapes and has shaped our personality today, our perception of who we are. And that's the parent reflex. So now we have the full picture. We have the child reflex, which is mired in insecurity, the doubts, the fears, the negativity. And now we're adding to that the parent reflex. The child from the primitive aspect of vulnerability, the parent in terms of that wagging finger, you know, you really should get to the gym. You really should do something about your... Uh, your health, you really, you know, this is the criticism of the parent. These are the shoulds, the guilts. So some people are overly influenced by these demands, the parental reflexive demands. And this is not inconsequential. You really need to do this and you really need to get that done. And you really, you really can't relax until this is finished. Who's saying that? Is it you? Or is it that finger-wagging parent who's critical of you being the child and needing to tell you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it? Now, you may, you may say, well, my parents were never like that. But for every child, of course, the adult trying to guide that child on some level comes across as, no, don't pick that up. Or... What did you just say? Yeah. So there is always that critical teaching that comes from the parents, but the internalization of that for the child is oftentimes what we're calling now the, child, the parent reflex. And that's where, as an adult, you become somewhat compressed by not wanting to make mistakes, by criticizing yourself and that feeling of guilt. You know, what is guilt? Well, guilt is truly an expression that you've done something wrong. So what about the child? The child doesn't know right from wrong. The child learns light from wrong. It learns it typically from the parents and other institutions. But this is the criticism that comes from the outside in. 
So when we incorporate this into the parent reflex, then we have like a vice, then we have two compression elements to our psychology. The child pressing with insecurity, the parent pressing with those expectations of who and what you should be. And you somewhere in the middle of that vice grip are feeling just torn because you don't know who you are. You know who the parent says you should be or those expectations. You feel the guilt of sometimes who you are or the insecurity of the, but you're all over the place and you don't really have an idea of who you are. So you're that person that you, I always think of Dr. Seuss, there's no one newer than you. And you are that person being squeezed by the parent and child reflexes. And you're somewhere in the middle of that. So who are you? And maybe the, the better question, is it possible to know yourself separate from these reflexes? And I think so. I think that's what self-coaching means to me, is that we try to understand the reflexive child, the reflexive parent. And we try to ask who's talking when we say to ourselves, you'd better not do that. Or I can't handle that. It's too hard. We ask ourselves, who's talking in me right now? That simple question of scrutinizing. And then I'm not talking about actual voices. You know that. I'm talking about the internal dialogue that takes place. I'm throwing that up to whatever in me is listening and saying, why do I keep doing that? Or why is why does that get me upset? And I'll ask that question. You can ask it out loud or you could ask it to yourself. But something in you has to respond to that. And when you are in tune with knowing that there is this child reflex and there is this parent reflex, when you're in tune with that, then it becomes a little more obvious. Well, that's obviously my parent because why am I feeling guilty just because I, I, I was 10 minutes late and I wasn't able to make that phone call? Well, that's the reflexive parent saying, well, you really should have been on time. You know, you really should have. So. So who's talking in me? Who's When I feel stress, when I feel myself welling up with, with anxiety, where's it coming from? Am I feeling insecure? Am I feeling unsafe? Is that my child beginning to become somewhat hysterical, as children do? And by the way, when you, when you do get really upset with things emotionally, uh, you'll find oftentimes that if it's the child reflex, there's childlike reactions. You know, this hysterical child, oh my God, what's going to happen next? So sometimes, yeah, we get we get a little bit hysterical about things. That's of the parent, uh, of the child, excuse me. But the parent comes at us from a much different vantage point. That's the vantage point that you're the child, you don't know, and you need to listen to the parent. And of course, that puts you in a very impotent position because if you need that parent to scold you, to tell you what to do, if your life is filled with shoulds and ruminations about what I should be doing and I better be doing that, it takes you off the moment because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing now. You should be doing something else. You should be getting to the gym or you should be losing weight. You know, these are the things that we need to get in touch with. Once you get in touch with 
who's talking in you, you are now in a position of choice. What do I say about such and such? When, when I feel guilty about something, do I need to feel guilty? Where is that coming from? If it's coming from the parent, then, of course, you can look at it and say, well, what's the objective truth? Because you see all too often these reflexes, whether it be from the child or the parent, the reflexes cause an immediate response, and it's usually a visceral response. You feel it. You feel the tension. You feel the stress. But by challenging it, by having this choice and ferreting out whether it's my parent speaking or my child speaking. And, and when I say parent-child speaking, again, I'm talking about the reflexiveness of these habits. Am I being ruled and ruined right now by a reflex, a knee-jerk reflex? If so, then I am just reflexively reacting. I'm not thinking how to react or being who I am. I'm being a reflexive recipient of that past, of my past, of those echoes of the past. So we have to extricate ourselves from reflexive living. And, and I really do believe that all, if not most of all, emotional stress and friction this has to do with the child insecurity or, or the uh, judgments of the parental reflex. Now, clearly, there are situational challenges that cause stress and friction. And these, these are not reflexive patterns of the past. Losing a job, loss of a loved one, a car accident. These are actual circumstantial, factual challenges. And we react to these with stress and with anxiety at times and with friction, of course. But there is a difference in that circumstantial challenges are specific to the challenge or the struggle. They're not, and here's the key, they're not self-induced. Self-induced isn't necessarily connected to the external. You imagine it to be when we worry about whether or not our boss is going to call us in and not give us a raise, uh, that's a self-induced child reflex. When we look at getting to the gym, I keep using that because that's one of the typical New Year resolutions. That's of the parent. That's a self-induced stressor. How did you react when you were a child, a young teenager, and your parent tried to hobble you by saying, you can't go out tonight, you're not allowed out, it's too dark, or you can't do that, it's too dangerous. So these are the things that, that kind of complicate our perceptions in the present. So let's get to the you that resides between the parent reflex, the child, re and I should say reflexes, the reflexes, the parental reflexes, the child reflexes, these are habits, plural. So the habits perpetrated by the parent reflex or the child reflex, these habits have been institutionalized in your brain. And they are resistant to change primarily because we're not focused on them. We're not conscious of them. We don't make ourselves aware of these influences. So you are in between somewhere caught up in all of these reflexes. 
you need to find you separate from these reflexes. You need to treat life as it is, not according to the contaminated perceptions of these reflexes. You need to respond to people as they are, responding to the world from a purely, what I might call an instinctual or intuitive basis. You see, when we remove the reflexiveness, the neurotic reflexiveness of the parent-child reflexes, then you have a chance to see clearly. You know, you remove the shroud from your eyes. You remove the shroud from your thinking. Pick prejudice. Prejudices, they don't make sense. They only make sense to someone who is contaminated and reflexively driven by their own ethnocentric negative fears. Who are you? Let's look at it this way. To find you, you have to realize you are not your child reflexes, nor are you your parental or parent reflexes. These are like the overcoat that you put on. These are overlays to our personalities. We are that pristine person that is wearing the coat, but the coat itself isn't you. You take the coat off. And when you disrobe and take that coat of reflexiveness off, that's where you have a shot to see clearly. That's where you have a shot to think clearly about others, about yourself, about the world. And what do you find there? That's being present. Truly being present. And in that world, free of the reflexes of the parent, free of the reflexes of the child, in that world, being present, being in that moment, you'll find you. And once you find you, you're going to be okay with that. That doesn't mean that these reflexes won't keep ping-ponging back and forth in your life. But once you get the hang of scrutinizing who's, who's ruling the roost at any given moment, once you get in the position of choice, you can keep choosing to be you and not the contaminated you from the past reflexes. So I'm going to leave you with that. And again, once again, may this year bring all that you need in order to become who you are and what you are. You don't need anything else. You don't need a carrot. If you really want to feel and find what this life needs to be, find yourself first. Everything else will follow. And if you think you need something outside of yourself to fulfill who and what you are, well, and maybe you better keep listening to these self-coaching podcasts because that's not where it is. It's, it's already there. What you need already is within you. It just needs to be articulated. It needs to be excavated. It needs to be realized. So with that, how about visiting my website, selfcoaching.net, where you could learn more about my self-coaching philosophy and read some of my self-coaching books. And who knows, I think I might start to write about this, uh, maybe the duality of the child and parent reflex. I might start that next book. We'll see. 
So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless and you're not powerless. So remember, everything's hard until you make it simple. So join me each week. And how about we make it simple together? Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart.